<laughs> Hello, Megan. Oh, hi, Kayla. Hi. <laughs> hi. Oh my goodness. Are you are you super excited I'm for super today's episode? I'm super excited for today's episode. <laughs> my parents are here. <laughs> <laughs> It's another family affair. Another family affair. I honestly, I love getting to have my whole family on on this podcast. It's been so lovely, um, and I feel like it. I feel like they're so much. You guys and everyone and my family is so much a part of my business and like of the tribe that I'm creating here, and it's just so beautiful to me. So. I'm excited for this episode. Yes. <laughs> Yay. You have such a big family, too. That's so beautiful. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's just so many of you. We've had everybody on now. I know. I think this this is, we've now had the immediate family. Yeah, all we've of had the all of my sisters and Jen, who is uh, just my mom's daughter. Now we have my parents on. We've had Jen's daughter on. Um, so you know what we could do is we could get all of my cousins from Israel what we could get my aunt and uncle in kansas we've we've got we have yet to tap the potential of the mason line <laughs> well that's why i said like immediate family that's true. right that's true that's true boy we've got we've got some work to do with the rest of the family so <laughs> stay tuned stay tuned <laughs> hi i'm kayla mason and i'm megan smith and this is human, human design, design in real time, time. I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care, and as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living. Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world. On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. Getting your own human design chart is easy. All you need is your exact birth time, and you can go to freehumandesignchart.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. And welcome back to the Human Design in Real Time podcast. Today, we welcome Kayla's parents, Laura and Dave Mason, to the podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey. It's good to be here. <laughs> um, so just a little bit about Dave and Laura. Dave is a 4-6 emotional generator. So if you're following along with human design at home, uh, he's also a professional musician and has been for many years. Um Laura is a 6'3 emotional projector and currently works as a customer collaboration advocate for United Healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> she made up that title. Uh, they did a competition and she got to choose that title recently. So I was very excited to tell the world about it. It's a very excellent, excellent title. It's excellent job just title. in the running. It hasn't been chosen yet, well, but I can use it. <laughs> well, hopefully this will influence that. <laughs> I was a rapid resolution expert. That was my title for ever. <laughs> and we're, we're rebranding. Awesome. Excellent. I like to call them the superheroes of United Healthcare mm -hmm. because she is the person who you talk to when your health insurance has gone absolutely crazy and you need real help. And she's the real person who helps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we like the real people. Yeah. It's, it, it's hard. I'm sure it's hard. And everybody gets very frustrated, especially with their health care. Mm -hmm. But 
We love the real people. Thank you for the real people and not the robots that help us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave and Laura have been married 35 years, and we're very excited to talk to them about their experience with uh, human design that has been recently introduced to them and their relationship. I know that you've worked with Kayla um, and talked with Kayla about your human design uh, mm -hmm. not too long ago. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us about that experience and, and how, you know, what you learned from l learning about your own designs? I remember I had a, a really good thing that I told Kayla, and now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think you you were talking about how you enjoyed the way that it discussed not just you as an individual, but gave you a litmus for how to understand other people and how other people affect you as well. Yeah, I think that was it, because like astrology concentrates on just you mm -hmm. and so do a lot of other psychology concepts it's always all about me and i'm not an all about me person i'm all about everybody around me and how they feel about what i might be doing and how i affect them and how they get affected by the rest of the world so that's what i liked about human design as it approached it from the rest of the world, not just from the person who's talking. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And that's very aligned for you, mother, as a projector, um, because as a projector, you absorb <laughs> that life force energy from everybody around you. So you're constantly feeling into what other people need, what other people need to survive, what other people need to thrive. Um, mm -hmm. So being able to feel into that is that makes a lot of sense for you. Daddy, was there what was was there anything that really stood out to you when we looked at your design that? Uh, helped you to understand yourself better? Hmm. I can't remember uh, exactly. Oh, I know what I thought when you said how he thinks with both sides of his brain at the same time, so he's arguing with himself. <laughs> that was a great description. Yeah. <laughs> Does that because so my dad actually has two channels that connect his mind to his head center. So both of my parents actually have defined mind and head centers, which is rare. They any people who have defined head centers, there's only 30 percent of the population that have that defined head or crown center. Um, and also only 30 percent of the population have defined heart centers or will centers. And both of my parents have defined will centers as well. Um, plus, they are both triple splits, which means that their energy centers split into three different energy spaces. So they often have, uh, they often feel as though there are different personalities inside of them. Um, but when they are in a group, that's when they feel most whole. And it's always been very interesting for me because our family is very close knit. So being in that group setting and being with all five of us together, you guys have met my sisters on the podcast previously, um, being together with all five of us has always kind of been a, a totally different experience than it is to be with just my parents or my parents on their own or us mm -hmm. with each other as siblings. Um, so yeah, they definitely have very unique designs. And 
one of the things that my mom just mentioned about my dad's chart is that he does have two channels in his mind and head. He's got the channel of abstraction and the channel of logic. So he literally has full left brain and full right brain constantly going. So there's always this concept of seeing both sides of absolutely every situation. And he's a Libra, so we put that on top of that. (laughs) (laughs) So is that something that you resonate with, Daddy, having that kind of like really being able to see both the logic and the abstract of any situation? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I always uh, am doing that and thinking about both sides of a situation. And, and, you know, for for the arts, it's good because, you know, I'm... Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can create things very easily. Um, the hardest thing is for me to remember what I created. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because you have a defined mind. You have that defined mind center. But what that does, that means that you store information, but you can only store so much information. Mm-hmm. So when you when information is important to you, you hold on to it. But when information is less important, it's going to be more fluid. And because that mind and head center is not connected to a defined throat, there's nowhere for it to go. So a lot of your, uh, a lot of what happens with thoughts is a lot of ruminating. There's a lot of like going back and forth between things. And I think this is similar for you, Mama, as well, because both of you have defined mind and head centers and undefined throats. So this is also something that's very interesting about my parents' charts is that they do not create a defined throat together. And yet all three of their daughters have defined throats. So, <laughs> so we had to have you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and it, it is very funny because there is a lot of that that goes on. We look back on, you know, films of us as children and each one of us is spouting off the news or putting on a play or you know doing any number of throat oriented expression things um and our parents have always kind of been very supportive of us being expressive um but not as expressive verbally themselves so um yeah so that's it's been very It's been very exciting and very interesting for me to learn about your designs because it kind of, it puts so many, it like makes so many things fall into place in my, in my brain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And have you guys talked to Kayla about, you know, the siblings designs, your children's designs? And like, has that helped you to sort of retrospectively look back and say, Ah, yes, I understand that behavior a little bit better. It has it has seemed to help. Yeah, yeah. she did. She had all the charts out on the <laughs> living room floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when she did our reading, and, and it, it was good, because then we'd keep saying, oh, yeah, that's why that happened. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it can be, can be a good thing. A different perspective. Do you feel like you know your Mm -hmm. children better now um, and can, you know, create a a more, a deeper relationship with them now that you have a better understanding of sort of how they interact with people based on their human design? Yeah, I I don't think we know their human design as as well as we might 
but uh, certainly it uh, is a. It, it seems it. I think it helps. It's uh, can't put my finger on it, on anything specific, but uh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think one of the things that we kind of wanted to that we wanted to talk about, and Megan, I think we have some questions in this vein, but to kind of just more like talk about the things that uh, you've experienced in your lives and see how we can relate those things to human design. I mean, let's start with your relationship. You guys have been married 35 years. What have you done to keep your relationship strong and, and moving forward and um, working together in partnership? Had kids. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we've been, uh, we've been very committed to the kids and uh-huh. bringing them up and so on. And um, you know, Laura has her job that she goes to every day, and uh, and I've had music, which is um, you know basically I, I haven't been you know talking about creating music. I I mostly don't create. Well, I do because music is you know a creative kind of thing, even if you're doing mm-hmm. other people's music. Um, so I, um, you know, stay busy doing that, and uh, you know, the kids kept us busy with all the, um, you know, they say <clears throat> when you when you have three kids, you're outnumbered. <laughs> Did you guys find yeah. that to be the case? That like with two, you felt like mm-hmm. like a even, and then once three happened, did you feel outnumbered, or do you feel like it kind of rounded out the the family? It gets crazier. I mean, you know, it's like, and trying to remember things as it, as you get more and more kids, it it becomes more difficult. To... Like who likes what for lunch? Yeah, Laura's always like, she does. She doesn't like that. And they say, no, she likes that. But I I have a, like kind of a unique perspective because I brought up as an only child for twenty years. And then had three. (laughs) And I can say that with one kid, if anybody's thinking about it, you can still be just you and a mom and have a relationship and, like, do your own thing and do stuff with your kid. Once you have two, it's like a little trickier and when you have three forget it you are a mom yep. for the rest of your life <laughs> I mean, it's like because somebody always needs you um even if they don't know it yeah <laughs> you know? so it's and also because i was older i think that's another thing to think about once you've gotten to where you know who you are it's okay to let go of all that hanging on to, you know, me mm. kind of thing. Like you can let go and give yourself mm. to your kids. Yeah. yeah. That's such an interesting way to look at it, especially yeah. because both of you have a six line in your profiles. And the six line is about the, it's a, it's a lifelong uh 
destiny line. And essentially the first 30 years of life is all about trial and error. It's all about figuring things out, making mistakes. They always say that for Mm. a six line or a three line, there is no such thing as a mistake because when you make a mistake, that's you learning. That's you being able to try it again, try it again. Um, And then the second sector of life between like 30 and like 50-ish, 55-ish is observation. So that's the period of time where now you're kind of like watching the way that things are happening and you're giving yourself the chance to take in all Mm -hmm. of the information so that you can then become, once you hit like 55, that like mid-50s area, the role model. And the six line becomes kind of like the the sage, this like wise, the wisdom that comes from six lines comes from an entire lifetime of experience. And so it it does make sense that that is that you mother, at least have spent your whole life learning how to perfect being a mother. You spent that first portion of time you know, Mm -hmm. making mistakes, figuring it out, falling down and getting back up. And then you moved into a period of time where you were like, okay, well, what would happen if I was more mindful about this? What would happen if I chose things a little differently? And then when you got Mm -hmm. into that mid fifties time, when like, I think at that point, Marley and I were just about leaving high school. Sabrina was still pretty young. But when you got into that point, it sort of became like, okay, Mm -hmm. now you know what you're doing. And, you know, I think, Daddy, it was probably similar for you, just on a different plane, rather than always being about parenting. It was more about that connection to others, because that's a huge thing in your chart as well. So do you guys find that that is something that has been present in your lives? This kind of like, do you feel like when you got to your mid-50s, there was a part of you that was like, oh, okay, now things are starting to actually make sense in my life? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could think that. But I certainly, when I was younger, I definitely yeah. didn't know what I was doing. I was trying things, and you know, um, and then in my thirties, I decided I should settle down. If I'm going to have kids, I had to do it. And even though my my career wasn't officially where I wanted to, wanted it to be, um, then I, you know, it. Uh, and, you know, then it just kind of progressed from there. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I ever got to the point of feeling like I arrived or anything. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? But aren't we always kind of growing and learning? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you get to a point where you know that you have to make choices that you no longer have. You know. 50 years ahead of you (laughs) to figure it out so you know that you have to let go of things that really aren't attainable and uh, find the ones that are that are going to be making you like not not that they'll make you happy but they'll like you'll be satisfied with your life (laughs) and your choices So I just got a sign that said, happiness isn't a destination, it's a way of life. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, I love that. That's very true. Yeah. They're giving everything away at work because they're closing the building. 
And that was one of the things I found. That's brilliant. <laughs> you got to take advantage, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love that. And that that is, yep. I mean, that's a big core of what I talk about in general is that concept that there is no destination, you know? Like, we're always growing. We're always moving. We're always, you know, it's right. it's always, it's about the journey, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if you're ever going to get to that destination, so the journey may as well be, yeah, just as good, the ride. Yeah. right? Like whatever, right. wherever that ride takes you, just you know, find ways to enjoy it and relish mm-hmm. the moments instead of dwell on what could have been. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I'd love to hear from you guys now. What because. When Sabrina moved to, well, when Sabrina went to Europe two months ago, whenever that was, that was really the first moment that you guys are alone, officially, (laughs) for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. So what has that been like for you? And I know, you know, most empty nesters uh, get to have their empty nest when their kids are like early 20s. Uh, I'm 33 so, <laughs> um, yeah. so what has that been like for you being without us for the last few months? It's easier to make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and decide what we're going to watch on TV. Oh, um, I love that. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting how not alone we have been for you know because sabrina's been living here and then you were here and then marley was here and and coming and going and covid made a big difference um and that that was all great you know it was was a good thing about covid (laughs) yeah yeah we always enjoy having you guys around it um but it's like because of zoom uh, or FaceTime or whatever, it really doesn't seem like you're all gone. I love that. <laughs> I know. And texting, it's like when I think of when I moved to California, I was 21. And all, every time I talked to my father, he was just like, when are you coming home? When are you coming home? And it was like, because the only time I could talk to them was on Sundays because it was cheaper. And I could only talk for an hour. It was like $10 for an hour. And that, you know, we couldn't afford any more than that. And so, and like you had to write letters if you really wanted to. And so it was like, they were really alone and, you know, wanted me to come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it, but it makes it so much easier now to be long distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if, you know, as you kids get busier, then we, we don't talk to you as much, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, yeah, I, it, it's good, I think, you know. That you guys want to have to live, live your life and move on and... and you know, have a yeah. family and all that. So it's, um, and you know, from from our point of view, I mean, we, you know, we have some health issues and, uh, um, you know, we're just kind of carrying on as we always have, actually, just with 
a little less uh, uh, manipulation with with you kids. You know, we don't have to, don't have to chauffeur you around or, or buy extra food <laughs> or <laughs> figure out what Kayla can possibly eat. Yeah, well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if we're really looking forward to you guys being completely disconnected. No. Um, and hopefully yeah. that won't happen. But right. Um, you know, the important thing is that you guys are enjoying yourselves. Yeah. I tell Kayla all the time how impressed I am at how well you guys are, or good you guys are at, at staying connected with each other. Like, you know, with, with my family, it's occasionally we text each other as like, did you get that thing? Or, you know, oh. are you coming over on Sunday? It, 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 you guys actually sit down and have regular conversations and and do things on FaceTime. And e even though you are spread yeah. across the globe right now, um, you still actively make time for yeah. each other. And that's, yeah, that's such a beautiful oh. thing that your family has created this sort of connection. Uh, that you can all come back to and that you all resonate with so deeply. Um, what do you guys do, the two of you, to foster that connection with each other? Hmm. Um, well, just I was just I was just thinking of, about the, you know the fact that uh, you know we well first of all my parent my fam my family and I think Laura's family too we were very close um, and we talked you know, pretty regularly. Um, but I also think about people that I haven't communicated with. Like my, my sister moved to Israel, so I didn't talk to her much at all, you know. And uh, we're kind of trying to catch up with her kids because she died a couple years ago. So uh, so we have, like, our Zoom call that we, we do. But... Uh, as far as us communicating, that's, <laughs> I think we have communicated pretty well over the years. We, you know, I make a point of, of communicating. I think that's, I, one of my favorite saying, sayings is, civilization is communication. Mm. That, you know, without communication, you're not, you're not really civilized, or at least you're certainly risking that, you know, yeah. not being civilized, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, in, in one sense, I guess we have talked about everything that we, so we know each other pretty well, and, hmm. and um, but there's always something, you know, interesting, I think that's the sign of a good relationship, where you interest each other, you, you know, have a something you want to communicate um well i think it's that's what why i don't want to work at home even though i'm being forced to now because i think it's good when some you do different things and then when you come home you have something to talk about and something maybe the other person didn't think of or you know, didn't know happened or because they were somewhere else or what, even in, in the news, maybe you heard something that the other person didn't hear. But if you're together all the time, then it's kind of 
going to be like, what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt that recently. Um, Alec was home for like three months at the beginning of the year. And by month three, I was like, get, get out of the house. Get, I just need you to get out of the house. I work from home. You need to leave. <laughs> I work at home. Is he okay Oh, yes. He's, he's back at work. Everything is fine. Oh, Thank good. you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let I let him, him live. live. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that's a big thing with PJ and I too. And I think we've actually talked about that a lot on this podcast because I think there is this kind oh. of stigma, this societal concept that like you're supposed to spend absolutely all of your time with your significant other and you're supposed to be able to like oh. if you can't there's like something wrong with you, you know? Like there's something wrong mm. with your relationship if you can't be together oh. 24/7. But that that is wow. so unrealistic and it doesn't give you the opportunity to yeah. shine as individuals and have things that you do you right. know um and so I, I feel like having that space in a relationship can almost be the best thing about mm -hmm. it and I know that's a big thing for PJ and I as well the more space we have the better it is for us to come together in the evening to watch a show to go on a hike together to go see a right. movie you know um whereas when we are caught in each other's space for too long then it we start to go a little crazy <laughs> yeah yeah and we've always had that like he's always worked you know a lot of gigs when i was home with the kids and and sometimes then we would go to the gig and that would be something different too. And But we always had a separate part of our life so that we had something to bring to the relationship. It's not like you're not always doing the same thing. And, you know, and we do have different interests, you know. Yeah, some ways it's good to have. Like I've, I've had girlfriends who... I worked with mm. in bands and mm. that, but that kind of, I got kind of weird after a while. I think, I think yeah. it, it's, you know, it, it's better to be, I think it works better, at least for me to be with someone who, who's not doing what I'm doing, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, yeah. and you can and, also then look at things from a different point yeah. of view. Yeah. Too. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's funny. The other day PJ said to me, he was like, I can't remember what it was. I said something about not liking something. And he just looked at me and he was like, sometimes I wonder why we work. You don't like <laughs> any of the things that I like. <laughs> and it was this moment of like, and then I, I literally said, I was like, well, we have the same set of values. And he goes, wow, you're absolutely right. Our values are very, very aligned. And I think that's that's a huge thing is that like, being in a relationship with someone does uh -huh. not have to mean spending every waking moment with them or even liking all the same things. All uh -huh. it means is that you are traveling on this path together. You're supporting each other. And having a similar set of values uh -huh. is something that can really make that work. Uh -huh. Is that something that you guys feel like you have also experienced, that shared values? Uh -huh. Yeah, it gives us a mental space. But we also yeah. get in arguments uh, because of some of those separations. But, you know, it's good to keep in mind that uh, differences in opinions yeah. are not bad. You know, they actually, 
you can agree to disagree, and and that can be a good thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, especially in this day and age, you know, people mm -hmm. think, well, it has to it has to work perfectly, or, or I have to get somebody <laughs> else that it will work perfectly with. Yeah, right. But uh, well, good that, luck with that. Yeah, Relationships you know. are work. You have to put in the effort. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And one yeah. thing we've talked about a couple of times on this podcast is how, you know, your human design is your human design and, and you must honor yourself as the individual. But in relationships, mm -hmm. romantic or friendship or platonic or work, you also create a design. And it it's also important to honor that relationship and that design that you create together because it is its own entity and respecting that in itself is also really important. And I know that Kayla mentioned uh, about, you know, how you both don't have a defined throat. So communication can be um, a little bit of a struggle because you're you're not as uh, readily available to to speak your mind. Uh, and then it takes a little bit longer. And Kayla, can you talk a little bit about what you've recommended to your parents as far as communication goes? Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah, I was I was going to mention that because it is true because I, you know, growing up with you guys, <laughs> bickering is a thing that happens. <laughs> um, but because as, as parents, as do, parents do, you know, do. Um, <laughs> but you guys both have undefined throats. So essentially, I think a lot of what happens when that bickering starts to occur is you're kind of absorbing energy from either. I, I like to think that a lot of times it comes out of like other centers, other areas of energy and even people that you've been around during the day you may have picked something up from somebody and then once that energy gets in your d undefined throats it starts to become a ping pong and it just flies back and forth and flies back and forth until one of you is like hold up mm. what where why are we here what are we doing here how did we get here and a good friend of mine has a similar experience with her husband who they both have undefined emotional centers and they will do that exact thing. They'll get really upset and they'll throw emotions back and forth mm. at each other and then all of a sudden have this moment of like, hold on, how, where are we and how did this, like, how did we get here? So I think with verbal communication, sometimes it can be really difficult for you guys to be able to actually feel uh, like you're getting a point across at all. So one of the things that I had recommended when we discussed, when we had our session, when we did our couple session, was the idea of focusing more on doing things together and what it feels like for you guys to like work on projects together. Even things like holding a hand, touching on a shoulder, kind of allowing your physicality to be a little bit more in the forefront when it comes to communication and allowing that to kind of feed whatever it is that you're using verbally. And even to use things like texting or, you know, writing a letter, physical things that are going to be, you know, less likely to get caught in that undefined throat space and become a ping pong match, you know? Mm -hmm. Is that something that you that you feel like you've thought about since our since our session? <laughs> it's been an ongoing ongoing battle, I'd say, with you know making the effort. I mean, our I know, like our I knew from the get that we would have uh, like a little bit tr of trouble communicating because we have uh, I think our Mercuries are 
or an opposition, uh, mm-hmm. something, something like mm-hmm. that. So, so there's always that chance of us not communicating. Yeah. And so we have to make an e- mm-hmm. extra effort to, um, you know, communicate one way or another. And it's, um, you know, eventually we do communicate, you know, through, you know, like you said, we go back and forth with silly arguments and stuff. Um, but I think I think we're getting we're getting better at uh, <laughs> avoiding the the back and forth, for, uh, which I think uh, yeah. the human design has helped. That's so wonderful mm-hmm. to hear. That, yeah, I and I bet you know not yeah. having the kids in the house too has maybe removed some of the energy <laughs> out of yeah. the house that so you can connect with each other that's, a little more. That's yeah, that's true. We, like we've that's one thing that. Uh, the the balance of power you know where um the kids have you know they like we we like frequently disagree on how to raise the kids you know and and what uh usually laura gets the final say on that (laughs) (laughs) but i i put my two cents in and, and see what i can do you know but um you know, there's there's always that dynamic of, you know, when it's an issue. Well, like you know, if I don't agree with Laura, then, or one of the kids, or you know, we, there's always that uh, you know kind of interaction to try to make sense of it all. Do you feel captivated by the moon? Are you craving a sense of community and a break from the chaos of everyday life? Do you want to learn more about yourself and how to connect to your magic? Then come join us in the Lunar Soul Tribe. Guided by two intuitive human design coaches and energy healers, myself, Kayla Mason, and my good friend, Ronnie Kryle, the Lunar Soul Tribe is a monthly moon circle that focuses on helping you to find a deeper connection to spirit and to lean into following the deep longings of your soul. During each full moon circle, you'll be guided through a ritual to release what no longer serves you and manifest your highest truth using the power of the full moon. We'll use human design as a tool to connect to the energy of this particular moon cycle so you can choose things to release and manifest that are aligned with how your energy currently connects with the energy of the cosmos. This will allow you to experience a deeper connection to your intentions and to your own magic. We will also go even deeper using the meditative energy healing modalities, Reiki and Yoga Nidra, to identify and remove your subconscious blocks and wounds related to the themes showing up for this moon, so that you can truly begin to shift your world to reflect your highest truth. And it's all virtual, so it doesn't matter where in the world you are, we want you to come and join us. You don't need any prior experience with human design, energy work, or moon rituals to receive the full benefit of this gathering. You'll be guided through every facet of the moon circle, and will walk away feeling more connected to yourself and to the world around you. So come join the tribe. Head to kayla-care.com events 
to sign up for our next full moon circle or to become a member of the tribe. Until then, keep gazing at the moon. Why don't you guys tell us the story of how you met? Because I always find that those stories are very, they're often very based in human design strategy. Hmm. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? <laughs> well, I was playing at a, at a club where she was mm -hmm. the bartender. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we'd, I'd go to the bar to get a drink uh, and we would talk a bit and... Uh, Mm -hmm. I guess that went on for a few months, I guess. Because uh, mm -hmm. it was a small bar, you know. Yeah. It was in a hotel. It wasn't like it was a, just a bar. So they had the band and the dining room. And and I, I had worked there for 10 years and um, all together. Actually, I left there the day Kayla was born. <laughs> <laughs> So we met, uh, let's see, five years before Kayla was born. Yeah, yeah. that checks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. And then how did you actually yeah. start dating? When did you, who uh, made the first move? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, well, actually, we kissed on New Year's Eve oh. at the bar. And that was mm -hmm. nice. Yes, was yeah, that, that was interesting. Nineteen. And and of course, well, there's also uh, she uh. was still married. Mm -hmm. And I remember her husband was there that night when you gave me the kiss. <laughs> so scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> it was. What was it that drew you to each other? Well, I was available. <laughs> And she was, <laughs> and she was looking to get away from her husband because he was weird. And uh -huh. <laughs> this is great. I love uh -huh. this. Uh -huh. This is so funny because I feel like this is very much like a projector generator meet cute. Because there's usually in a relationship there will be a throat motor somewhere. Either there's a manifester in the relationship or there's a manifesting generator. That person usually makes the first move or the two will create a defined throat or motor <laughs> to the throat together. Like PJ mm -hmm. and I create a throat motor. So as soon as we got like invited into the space of we might be in a relationship, it immediately took off. Whereas because you guys have no defined throats and no throat motors, you're both needing to wait to daddy you need to wait to respond to something and mama you literally need to be invited into things mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. being in that kind of uh you know uh what's the word limbo <laughs> yeah well one of the things that clearly i think was an advantage for that situation uh which is true i mean i was very, i was you know very shy and but laura as a bartender, she had to communicate with people, mm -hmm. you know, and she always said that, that she had to, you know, learn some jokes and, you know, because as a bartender, you're supposed to interact with the people, you know, so I think that kind of put her into mm -hmm. that communication mode and uh, that kind of mm -hmm. was sparked our, our relationship, you know. 
Yeah. And I, I liked that he listened to everything oh. I said. <laughs> nice. <laughs> was, yeah. You know how people will ask you a question and then they don't even listen to what you answer. Like, yeah. They, you know, they just want to be interacting but not really listening. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But oh. he did. Huh. <laughs> I love that. The funny thing is that our neighbor was was very infatuated with Laura. <laughs> Although he wasn't our neighbor at the time. He was just a young kid who was, you know, would come to the bar and he played some guitar and he wanted to, <laughs> he wanted to hang out, but he ended up, ended up being our neighbor. We didn't even know that, that he was our neighbor until he already had moved in. Wow. <clears throat> That's kind of, yeah. kind of a strange coincidence. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. But I remember the first thing that Daddy asked me. I was wearing this necklace, and it was like this big, huge purple stone, um, which most people would know was costume jewelry, but he asked me if it was a real amethyst. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> no. Definitely not into jewelry. Daddy, but you yeah. put in the effort, oh, and that's what counts. Yeah, yeah. Right. Was, was that your excuse to talk to her, Daddy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I needed something. You know. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> jewelry and flattery are great Absolutely. places to start. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, because I it is interesting because I the way that your charts function, I feel like I feel like there is you create a very a very specific kind of energy that I honestly have never experienced from other humans. Um, you guys get stuff done like nobody's business. Whenever you work on a project together, it's like you have the force of will of all of the energy and everywhere. Um, and but you're, you know, you're both a little on the shire side. You're both not necessarily people who are going to like come out and go talk to someone. So it it was interesting. It must have been like very much a kind of two energies being drawn together because then the fact that you guys had the three of us and we are all such vocal beings. We're such like, you know, I, I mean, I'm probably oh, the most mom. gregarious of the three of us, but we all have a lot to say. We're all very expressive <laughs> beings. And like, so it is just so interesting how you two were drawn together almost in a kind of this divine way like the universe was like okay we've got it we got to make this happen like I know that it's it's you know not going to be the easiest thing in the world she's still married and he's and he's you know doesn't know if jewelry is real and you know why not <laughs> you know like we, we've got all this stuff but they need to get together they need to get together somehow and so just kind of like allowing those little nudges to keep coming in and feeling that and saying, oh, okay, yeah, you know what? Uh, let's let me move forward with this a little bit. Because it sounds like there really wasn't like a moment where you were like, I am now, this is our meet cute. We have now met and we are now in a relationship. Like it sounds like it kind of happened over a period of time. Yeah, it's a, a kind of <clears throat> no, I, I remember our, our initial <laughs> meeting. 
Actually, I, you know, I said I didn't have a girlfriend, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> and that was hope. Uh, wow. And and scandal it keeps scandal. getting scandalous. Love it. Love <laughs> conquers all. Right. <laughs> Although what happened from my point of view is that I broke up with her, but I didn't really make it clear to her that I was breaking up with her. <laughs> yeah. So this is how unclear it was. Um, I, we already had Kayla and Marley, and she calls and wants to meet him so, for closure. <laughs> like 10 years later? <laughs> wow. And she's still... She still calls, and she yeah. still says she doesn't know what happened. I mean, she's just like, totally... And she's a psychologist. <laughs> I, I really feel bad for the people that she works with. <laughs> she's absolutely insane. Oh, man. Yeah, it's very interesting. Because, um, well, one of the things that happened at that time I was you know working with the Brubecks and and they had some real crazies that <laughs> that they got involved with and um she reminded me of those of those ladies she um and so that was part of it you know it's like okay I don't want to get involved with someone like that you know that she's um, kind of very controlling very mm. pretty unstable um, and, uh, you know, so anyway, that, uh, that's kind of where I was coming from. I had, I was kind of trying to move away from her, but, you know, I, I, uh, needed some, some incentive. Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> Vera, I'm incentive. Yeah. You made great incentive, mother. <laughs> Actually, I think I do that wow. for a lot of people incentivize <laughs> yeah actually that was something that we talked about in your design you have the channel of initiation um, which is a very interesting channel to have especially as a projector because while as a projector it is not in your design to initiate in any way especially with an undefined throat uh -huh. things get initiated for you it's kind of like the universe comes in and is like here do this thing this is yours and then you uh -huh. get to kind of you're invited in almost by that by that pull, um, and that uh -huh. is that something that you find is very common in your life. Oh yeah, my whole life has been like, okay, this happens, so now I can do this, and this happened. It's like I I don't feel like I ever actually made these things happen. They just. Uh, the opportunity came to me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I was, I was, I'm similar to in that way because I, you like, you know, I always wanted to be, well, I always thought I should be a band leader, <laughs> but it never happened. You know, it's like, but, you know, still music keeps coming yep. my way. So, yeah. Um, hmm. But I've never been able to control, like, say, okay, I'm going to, have this band I'm gonna book mm -hmm. it all over and mm. or have you know do a record or whatever no, none of that has ever happened it's always like 
oh, you can do this. Okay, I'll do that. And yeah. Yeah. And as a generator, it's in like your main purpose in the world is to get really, really, really good at the thing that you are really, really, really good at. And then just to do it and shine that out into the world. Because when you're enjoying yourself and when you're doing that thing that makes you light up, you light up a room. Everyone can see it everyone can feel it coming off of you. And I think I've I've talked to you about this before, but having your undefined throat and doing covers, like doing other people's music is extremely aligned for you because what you're doing is you're using your undefined throat to amplify the expression of others and therefore helping the world to be able to understand it through a different lens. So when you do covers, you're really creating a totally different way of hearing the music that you are kind of, you kind of like digest it with your body and then allow the world to hear it in a different way. And I can definitely attest as a child, I literally thought you had written all of the top 40 music <laughs> that it that exists <laughs> i remember hearing i think what was it i think it was layla i had never heard the song layla before like i had never heard the billy joel recording of layla and eric clapton eric clapton is that who it is i, I don't even know now <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I had never. Dave it was Dave Mason, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I had never seen her play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it came on the radio, and I remember being like, I think I was like thirteen. It like came on the radio. And I remember thinking, wait, like it all just kind of started to like land in my mind that my father had not, in fact, made all of this music. That like somebody else had written it and he was just really, really good at making it sound great. And I think that's something I've always enjoyed when I watch you play is that you really embody what you're doing. Like you are in the music, you're in the song, you're totally present in whatever it is that you're doing. And for you, that is what you're doing, you know, like that's what you're here to do. You don't have the reach out and get people to come do things with you energy you're here to shine you're here to shine that beautiful expression well that's one thing that uh laura um well see this would have been 80 87 88 um it was like okay she's saying okay you you should probably like put together a solo act because you know there's not a lot of work out there for <laughs> bands and and that's you know the and if you're gonna support your family you gotta get out there and make some money <laughs> and mm. so that's what i did and that became my you know my thing yeah. uh and st still doing it you know so it's funny what kayla was just saying sometimes i would hear a song that you do a lot and i think Wait, they're doing it wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> I have that thought all the time. I will hear the original of a song and just be like, my dad does that song better. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> be like, what, what is this? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh -huh. uh, I remember like, uh, well, Bill's Toupee was a great band I worked in. And when I was first in the band, just like, you know, the band leader, he was like, okay, we got to do this just like the record. You know, this is very important to get every note, every note just like. And I was like, you know, the important thing is, is the energy 
yes. that you're, you know, that you're conveying, you know, because all the live bands that I had worked with, there was so much, it was so important that you brought out the mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. of, of the music. It wasn't so much getting every note right. It was, and if you could get every note right, that, that's good too, but, but it's more important yeah. to get the feeling nobody knows oh, yeah. if you miss a note if they're enjoying the energy a hundred percent and i can totally attest when you like when you perform with bands and you do i mean I, i've i have never once watched you perform with a band or even watched you perform with sabrina or even by yourself and thought to myself ah oh, wow it would be better if this was just a you know a recording of the actual song no, like I'm still getting to enjoy that live music, you know, um, and I think also it's great that Mama initiated this whole thing that she, you know, the universe was like here, like you need to to push him a little bit because I <laughs> I can definitely attest that my mother has done that for me a lot as well. And when I first told her about her design, I think I didn't quite understand as much as I do now about what it means to be a projector. Um, but she has all three motor centers except for the sacral center. So even though my mother is a projector, she does not often uh, experience the kind of, you know, like exhaustion that projectors like myself experience I she was like I don't need a nap every day she was like that doesn't why would I need a nap every day <laughs> I know it's like you take kids to a theme park or something and after two hours they're like I'm tired I'm hungry and I'm like I'm old and I'm not tired and hungry <laughs> oh, so funny you, you have that ability to to just shut your shut off and sleep yeah, that's something that I can't do. Yeah, um, I can't do it. Yeah. you know, I'll sleep for four hours a night, and then I kind of just kind of lie there and yeah. sort of sleep. You know, but she's like, I know, I've always envied that hours. about you, mother. She'll just fall fall asleep. Yeah. We're yeah. watching TV. It doesn't matter. She's on the couch. She's asleep, and it is time to sleep now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is yeah. also something that I I have so much trouble doing. It's a skill. I mean, sometimes it's <laughs> annoying, but because so, sometimes I want to, you yeah. know, not fall asleep, but it's like, <laughs> but, but I think, I mean, the, every medical person says sleeping is the most important thing for it your is. health. So, yeah, glad I, um, <laughs> I used to sleep on the subway, like, I would just sleep yeah. standing up. I mean, <laughs> leaning against the door, people would grab me when the door opened. My God, yes. That's so great. I love Gosh. that. Projector, getting her rest. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the last thing that I, I want to I wanna ask you guys before we finish up um, is... Having lived in the house with you and having gotten having gotten to like spend so much time with myself and with Sabrina and with Marley over the last few years, you guys have really gotten a chance to witness, especially me, kind of going through this spiritual journey, finding human design, creating my business, kind of finding myself. Um, and I'd love to hear how you find 
like if there were moments in your youth where you felt like you went through something similar um, or if you're witnessing this happening and feeling like it's very different now than it was when you were younger and just kind of because I know daddy you've done a lot with astrology um, and mama I'm not sure if you've actually touched on too many spiritual things in your past Um, but how has that experience Uh been for you and what has it been like to witness that versus what you experienced as as a young person well of course I I was involved with uh, spiritual pursuits starting in my early 20s Uh, first I think it was um, Hinduism and then I went to Buddhism and I studied quite a bit you know I I and along with that, I was into health foods and uh, and you know some astrology and palmistry and and uh, you know it was more of just dabbling in those kind of things mostly. And I, I you know I was learning, I, I was I was exploring, I was searching for the meaning of life and that you know over it was like a fifteen year period and then. Then you were born. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we didn't. I didn't have time for that anymore. Um, but I, I had also come to a, a point where, uh, you know, I appreciated all of that, but there, there was not a defined. Um, it basically comes down to is we don't know the answers, mm. and it's unlikely that we ever will. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say that. Well, it's, it's certainly possible that we'll actually know <laughs> all the answers, but but then again, then you have to ask the question: What are the answers? What is that 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 yeah. you think is the answer and and the truth? Um, because it's 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 elusive and. Um, you know, people try to uh, find a, a a way to live. You know, it's like s- some people, they need to know that there's God in heaven. And some people know, don't need that. They, they just, they're just living. And um, life is their God or whatever. Uh, mm. And I'm kind of halfway between that. I, I think, you know, I'm glad that I studied um, all of that, just so that I, you know, am aware of, of some of the things that people have thought and, and explored in, in, uh, in the ages, throughout the ages. Um, and I guess, you know, judging from what you are getting into now, um, you know, I, on one hand, I'm feeling like, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's what I did. Um, I remember talking to my dad about, <laughs> about mantras and he said uh, how about a mantra money <laughs> <laughs> and I, should have, I probably should have listened to yeah. it <laughs> I, but, I actually you know, use mantras for calling in money that is the thing that I'm working okay. with now <laughs> okay good <laughs> yeah so um so on one hand, I'm thinking that that it's it's you know I mean it's it's good that you're exploring. It's good that you're finding a uh, a way to help people. You know, because everybody you know we all, we're all looking for the answers and we're all um, 
So if you can guide people along that path, you know, it's it's an honorable thing and it's a job that needs to be done. And uh, yeah. um, it's, it is, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like... Mm-hmm. The uh, the downside is I feel like it's kind of like music, being that you you know <laughs> there's a lot of great musicians out there and half of them are starving to death and, you know or they just go to some other profession literally because it's there's you know there's it's a limited resource you know um, well I I like to hope that uh, working within my design is something that is continually helping me to figure out how to do this in a way that works well for me. And that's, that is what I'm, what I'm leaning into. And I think it's been, I think it's helping a lot. I honestly feel like I I feel more and more aligned with what I'm doing every day. I feel like I'm getting better and better at understanding the way that my energy flows and therefore how I can work with it. And Megan also helps me as my VA. We talk through stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. You're moving moving forward. That's the important thing. Yes. I've always like lived in the moment basically. I'm a very factual mm-hmm. person. <laughs> like like I don't like try and look for the meaning of life because I feel like like it just all comes to me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> just like how I, you know, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and I became a mother way before I mm. should have. But it turned out that I was really good at being a mother. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, and especially when I look at how great <laughs> all my kids turned out and how some people's kids turn out so bad. And I think, wow, you know, that really was my job in this life. Mm, I yeah. love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Well, that's, that's one of the things that we that we connected on was because my mother was just like Laura. She mm. was like in the moment. She was a real doer. She um, she went to a Catholic school in Australia, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, when she was like, I don't know, uh-huh. eight, nine, ten, and got so disgusted with it <laughs> that she never wanted to have anything to do with mm-hmm. religion. It's ironic that she ended up living my, with my sister in Israel, but, um, <laughs> but she was pretty out of it at that point anyway. But, but she was always, you know, it's like she would go to church with us and she would she would write out her shopping list mm-hmm. you know she was, she was just was not a spiritual you know interested in spirituality um and you know so i guess i that definitely was a connection for me and laura mm-hmm. it was that we yeah. that mm-hmm. i could relate to her. i remember she said to me i diligently took them to church every sunday and i ended up with a buddhist a jew and an atheist (laughs) (laughs) oh that's amazing that's hysterical (laughs) oh man but yeah i think it's it's also right it's in your human design charts and i uh i already talked about that initiate the channel of initiation that you have mama that channel contains the gate of spirit (laughs) the gate of spirit so you are already connected 
you're in the moment, you're connected. And a lot of times people who have that gate, and especially you have this channel of initiation, you don't necessarily need to find the meaning. Whereas daddy, you have that channel of abstraction going through the understanding of what it means for us to be human and thinking through all of that, that's part of who you are. That's important. And I know you and I have have uh, connected on that a lot. We, I used to, mm-hmm. when I was a yeah. kid, I remember I had this joke because one time I asked my dad what liverwurst was because I was reading a book and they mentioned (laughs) liverwurst. And over the course of like a 20 minute car ride, we got from liverwurst to the existential uh, state of humanity and God and <laughs> and what is happening with the earth and like so I had this joke I was going to write a book called Daddy What's Liverwurst and <laughs> that's cute you should write a book I yeah. should that would have been I'll hilarious. write that book that's that's a journey uh, to go from Liverwurst yeah. to humanity uh-huh. I I have gotten into some some uh, off on, on a limb <laughs> with, with a lot of discussions. You know? Yep. Yep. Well, I, I want to thank you, Dave and Laura, for coming on the podcast. I believe we are at time. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and, and discussing with us, you know, what human design is for you guys and, and your relationship with it. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for, for joining us today. It was mm-hmm. wonderful talking with you guys again. Yeah, <laughs> thank you great. for yeah. getting us to do this because it's like, I'm kind of innately shy, yeah. even though I don't act like it all the time. And uh, <laughs> and I was a little nervous, but it was great. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. Wonderful. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at Human Design in Real Time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you want to learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla-care.com to book an introductory human design session where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's K-A-Y-L-A-C-A-R-E.com. We're always looking for awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email at humandesigninrealtime at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song, Niall Spaulding and Sabrina Mason. Thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting this podcast. Keep discovering your human Human design design in real time. time.